This week on Ultra 64. Oh, everyone's left already, Steve. <laughs> Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each for, week, for we the are... two of you who didn't immediately <laughs> shut off your podcast player, I'm going to hurt us. I'm going to that noise. I'm going to try and mix that down, hopefully, so they won't be killing people. But uh, yeah, we couldn't think of anything clever to say, so we just yelled. I think that's the American way. <laughs> I think I don't have anything. If, if you don't have anything scream. instructive to say, then say it loud. Exactly. Exactly. That's the, uh, ethic, the ethics of podcasting. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that works well. We just fill space until an hour. Is passed. I thought you were going to say Phil Collins right there. Oh. I know. I just have Phil Collins on the brain for yeah. some mysterious reason. We played um, the Phil Collins Rock Band DLC. Oh, Christ. Can you imagine? That'd be a, like a drum solo's dream. Just do like the, the in the air tonight. The I don't think I actually know one Phil Collins song. Well, so. you, now you know uh, the drum solo in the air tonight because yeah, okay. I just nailed it. <laughs> Close enough. That okay. was that was kind of more uh, Bomberman Charlie Blast sounds, but those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. Uh, for people who are new to the podcast, uh, I have a complete collection of Nintendo 64 games, and every week we pick another one at random and we play it for about an hour, and then we tell you about it. And I do a lot of research on stuff, and uh, we, we get real deep and weird in, with it. And my name is Steve Guntley. I am shirtless ape man Woody Siskowski. <laughs> Me, Michaela. Yeah. <laughs> Michaela has joined us once again, back from the uh, Toy Story 2 episode. I think you're now the designated Disney yes. person. Hell fucking yeah. So we're, we'll have you back for A Bug's Life, yeah. and we'll have you back for Mickey's Speedway. Nice. And I think that might be it. Is okay. that it? You missed you missed Magical Tetris Challenge, which you was only one. very tangentially <laughs> Disney related. I mean, it was it was a Tetris game with like Disney filter on it, yeah. like it wasn't mm-hmm. very Disney ish. But uh, the game we're talking about today sure is Disney ish because we played. Disney's Tarzan. Uh, all right, so answer this debate right off the top. When something has like the creator's name before it, like that, do you do you list the whole time? Do you do you say Disney's Toy Story or I or do you say? Yeah, I think you need. Okay, wait, Michaela lifted a finger. Okay, I can go first. <laughs> well, in the case of Tarzan, yes, because there's other Tarzans. Because there's other Tarzans. Yeah, but Toy Story, a I feel like it's more of a Pixar product. Yeah. Okay. So all right, is the is the actual title Disney's Toy Story? Yeah. Oh. What? Yeah, no it's way. it's it's Disney's Toy Story Two: Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue. Uh, but wait, the video game? The video game. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess technically it's Disney Pixar's Toy Story Two: but the Buzz movie Lightyear isn't to the Rescue. Toy Story. No, 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 no. It's a but bad title. They do that with the video games, and I'm never sure. Like, I don't know. My instinct is just to call this Tarzan uh, or Tarzan '64, as you call it. Like, but like, I think uh, it's important to designate that it's based on the Disney movie. Okay, which, all right. Because that's a very different Tarzan aesthetic. It's very of, different Tarzan. Are there uh, any other Tarzan games? No, and we'll kind of go into that. But like, uh, this this is uh, kind of a multi layered episode because we're we're talking about we'll a come character. At you from all media. We're coming. Angle. We're talking about a character. We're talking about a film version of the character, and then we're talking about a video game based on that film version of that character. So 
we got a couple of tiers to to roll down here. It starts clumsily. classier and it gets progressively <laughs> trashier in terms of media stylings. I feel like if I make it through this episode without making a Tarzan loincloth dick joke, then uh, it'll be a minor miracle. But I've already kind of yeah, broken no, the ice on that. Yeah, no, what's the ethics of that? If you that. reference the making of the joke, isn't it already kind of the making of the joke? Well, but the You're joke didn't happen. There's no. Okay. I've I've set up a joke. I would okay. like to hear the joke. No, this but is the, this already... is a Chekhov's dick joke. <laughs> this is uh, you know we're introducing in Act One and he's. <laughs> to pay off by act three uh okay so uh, let's let's dig into the history of that swinging ape man we all know and love one mr on, james tarzan on all the bumper stickers everybody you loves nowadays. it <laughs> you see modern kids on the on the jungle gym swinging around their loincloth so emulating their favorite hero yeah was there a ride at disneyland up for this i don't, I don't even think know. so i don't think tarzan has much of a following and anyway. it's weird, right? Yeah. It's kind of weird. This this was all right. We'll get you into guys that have already later. jumped ahead. One I'm layer jumping of media. ahead. I'm we're getting. Still, ex- we're I'm, still. At, take us back to the thirties. Oh, us, before the thirties, my friend. Before the thirties. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. Tarzan was created by Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, and he first appeared in Tarzan the Ape Man, uh, which was published in All Story Magazine in 1912. Oh, 1912. It, it was popular enough that there was a full novel version that was released in 1914. Uh, and it told the story of an infant orphaned after a shipwreck in the jungles of Africa who was raised by a pack of apes who imbued that child with their strength and agility. And upon meeting some explorers, he falls in love with Jane Porter and agrees to return to his ancestral home in England and ultimately decides he prefers the jungle and he returns back there. And that's pretty much where all of his adventures from then on take place. So are we going to talk about Edgar Rice Burroughs a little bit? Just I don't I have feel, much on Edgar well, Rice Well, I feel yeah. like it's at least worth referencing because I don't feel like he's like a go-to household name that everyone just knows who mm-hmm. Edgar Rice Burroughs is. The lesser I think Burroughs. if you know of him, you know him as the creator of Tarzan or he, as the creator of John Carter of Mars. And not the creator of Naked Lunch. Not the creator of Naked Lunch. That's William S. Burroughs. Yeah. It, uh, no relation. No relation. But yeah, they I both did like shoot their wife in the head. There's very... That's lie. <laughs> there's very early, like, pulpy writers that all kind of get lumped together. Yeah. Um, who published for these sort of, like, collection of sci-fi and fantasy magazines. That have kind of all sort of their stories have been put in and readapted so many times that sort of the originals get lost. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, Burroughs and then uh, Robert E. Howard. I always mm-hmm. get confused as well. L. Ron like, Hubbard you could link in yeah, there, actually. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if he didn't go on to his own infamy. But, yeah, he was one of those guys. Uh, Zane Grey did all the Western serial pulpy things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they've kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, every so often they kind of get brought back into culture, yeah. but they just feel kind of dead. And I feel like that kind of happened with the John Carter movie. Is... I think people were like, yeah, they, they, they know who Edgar Rice Burroughs is. Because they know who Tarzan is. But even then, that's not even guaranteed that they know who Edgar Rice Burroughs right. is. Because it's kind of transcended its creator at this point, like well beyond. Um, and I think Tarzan is a public domain property at this point, right? He's got to be, right? 75 yeah, I mean, years that would be, is the cutoff? Well, yeah, and that would like be that. more than 100 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though Disney keeps extending these copyrights. They keep extending but... that, yeah, which is kind of shitty. Uh, but whatever. I don't know. That's a whole Disney other thing. Can do whatever they want. Uh, so uh, the character of Tarzan became wildly popular. There were 24 total Tarzan novels, all written by Burroughs until uh, 1938's Tarzan and the Forbidden City. Uh, he died like in 1950, but uh, they kept releasing like compilations of some of the short stories and things like that as of novels after his death. Uh, it spawned a hugely a series of hugely successful films, uh, comic books, radio dramas, stage plays, TV shows, and far and away, most importantly, it became the namesake for Kaluma Tarzan. A breed of chameleon native to Madagascar. Most most important. Most importantly, that so, little chameleon is named after fun, Tarzan. 
effect. Which I feel like a chameleon has the least number of traits in common with Tarzan, right? I'm picturing a little chameleon swinging. Yeah, does it swing? Does it move quickly? Does it fight apes? Does it uh, communicate with people? There's nothing about a chameleon that's Tarzan-like. Uh, so tar- let's talk about Tarzan movies, and I think that's Michaela's uh, 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 raison d'etre, if you will, uh, you movies. Will. Not, Tarzan, oh. not, not Tarzan movies specifically, but, you know, yeah, tar- movies in general. Movie um, so Tarzan first appeared on the big screen in 1918's Tarzan of the Apes, uh, where he was played by Elmo Lincoln, in, uh, and the series... That, but and there were a few like Elmo uh, Lincoln quality name. great name yeah. oh man mm-hmm. there were a few uh, Tarzan movies here or there in between that but it didn't really take off until 1932's Tarzan the Ape Man uh, that starred Olympic swimmer Johnny Weissmuller who I think most people still kind of associate with Tarzan like he's just kind of the definitive portrayal of him at this point he's got that sort of super buff lanky Olympic swimmer's bod he was a handsome dude he's he's handsome by today's standards he's handsome by Hemsworth standards like you, oh I don't you know. think that the standards of Handsomeness keep going up. Oh, definitely. Of, oh, okay. Definitely. I, I mean, if you look at photos of Elmo Lincoln, he's like got my body. Which, for <laughs> listeners, I I know you may be confused, but it, mine's not great. The, uh, but for yeah. the early Superman. Well, who was the guy who played? George Reed. I, I feel like it was even pre George Reed. Reed. Oh, it may have been. I don't know. But I don't know. Just but the guy who was just like sort of a stagehand at the at the studio, and they're like, "Hey, you're kind of you're kind of a big guy. You want to play Superman?" And he <laughs> yeah. kind of lumbered around. I mean, and that was just kind of the way. Maybe I don't know. I I felt like. Uh, back then, like the the male ideal was just big, bulky size, mm-hmm. and today it's like all about like ripped muscles and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, curves are good on everyone, man. Curves are good in everyone, but Johnny Weissmuller did not need them. Olympic swimmer, very fit, uh, and he played the role in. Uh, Twelve movies uh, between 1932 and 1948. Uh, so he kept going that now, for a while. Now, have you seen any of these? Movies? I've seen bits and pieces, like uh, uh, reminiscent of King Kong. Or uh, no, not really. Um, they're all they all kind of blend together a little bit. Okay. If you're in Bellingham, Washington, and you ever go to Rocket Donuts, they're always playing like old uh, uh, sci-fi and old like Tarzan movies on the walls in there. You can probably catch a, a glimpse of them. It's kind of weird that there was never any Tarzan movies on like Mystery Science Theater or something like that. Maybe oh, the light. Maybe yeah. the license for was too expensive. That's possible. I feel like we probably all have a mental picture of what these movies look like. You just see him standing in a tree, you know, talking mm-hmm. to... I mean, that signature <laughs> yell that we did at the beginning, yeah. that's that's a, that's a Weissmuller original. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so these films would actually popularize a lot of our conceptions about Tarzan. So, like, for instance, in the novels, his full name is John Clayton II, Vicomte Greystoke. <laughs> and he's descended from a wealthy British aristocracy. And he, and he speaks like that. He's... He's like, despite being raised by apes in the jungle, he's urbane and he's sophisticated. And uh, they the, the no, they, they, he clearly came down on one side of the nature versus nurture. Exactly, debate. exactly. <laughs> and the Weissmuller movies, he's very. If you have a concept in your head of like me, Tarzan, you, Jane, it comes from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs didn't like that portrayal of him. So he actually wrote his own movie, uh, like in the middle of the Weissmuller run of films to kind of bring back his original vision. Uh, that one was called, what was that one called? It was called The New Adventures of Tarzan, and it starred a guy named Herman Bricks. <laughs> and I got to, like, I'm going to go through a list of names in a second, but the names for the actors who play Tarzan are all amazing. <laughs> Everyone's got a ridiculous Two name. on our favorites. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he, he wasn't crazy about, or Burroughs wasn't crazy about that version, but uh, the public was much more crazy about the Weissmuller version than his, so it's a very It's a very that weird wins. image of, like, a sophisticated... Mm-hmm. Urbane Tarzan. I mean, it Tarzan. seems like a goofy joke now. 
Well, not I, that Tarzan I, isn't already silly. I have vague memories of watching the movie Greystoke with Christopher Lambert. Did you guys ever see that? It's like it's it's like a very very serious period drama about Tarzan being brought back to his ancestral home and mm-hmm. like trying to adapt. It's very strange. I think it's John Borman or something. It's a weird movie. Um, but so yeah, the Weissmuller would play the character up to 1948, but there have been dozens of other film and TV and everything adaptations since then. Uh, other actors who played the role on screen, and like I said, these are these are amazing like old timey beefcake names. <laughs> so I'm gonna go through them all. Uh, Frank Merrill, Buster Crab, like Lex Buster Barker, Crab. Gordon Scott, Jock Mahoney, <laughs> Mike Henry, Ron Eli, Miles O'Keefe, Christopher Lambert. Here's the best one: Wolf Larson, Casper Van Dien, okay. Travis Fimmel, Kellen Lutz, and most recently Alexander Skarsgård, who played it in. Uh, 2014, I want to say 16. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, very um, recently. Very recently. No, everybody forgot about that. Yeah, movie there's. Already. So my my vote there goes for Buster Crabs. Buster Crabs yeah. is great. Yeah, and uh, I, I I love Wolf Larson, and I I, I like Jock Mahoney too. Was there I just a like, Herman in there? there? Herman Bricks. Herman Bricks. Herman Bricks yeah, also quite that good. one. That's a really good I'll go one. With that one. Built like a Herman house. And uh, Elmo Lincoln. Herman house. Elmo Lincoln, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't, people, I don't think people could ever be named Elmo again. Yeah. <laughs> like, Herman. Never met a good or, Herman. No, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Tarzan kind of fits in sort of this camp of public domain B-movie heroes that they try to sort of bring back every couple of years. But nobody um, actually cares. But nobody actually we, cares. Yeah, like we, that Robin Hood movie. Yeah, we kind of talked about that yeah. last week. Yeah, Robin Hood is one. Robin Hood and like sexy foxes. Well, well that's, that's the Disney Robin yeah. Hood. Yeah, that one. So we can I latch mean, on to that. Unimpeachable. But I mean, who wants to see the Jamie Foxx one or the, the mm-hmm. Russell Crowe one or yeah, the Kevin Costner one? They always do one. like a Three Musketeers or like... Yeah, Robin Hood, Tarzan, and it just kind of falls to the wayside and kind of King gets, Arthur, yeah. gets soured by critics. They always seem like they'd be fun in theory, and then you start watching it, and you're like, eh, this is actually pretty boring. Yeah, I caught a little bit of uh, another character I think might need to be retired, uh, Dracula Untold. Uh, I caught a little bit of that on TV. Man, yeah. if I never see another movie with that terrible, like, gunmetal gray filter over everything <laughs> for 90 fucking minutes, it would be too soon. Like Hopefully I, they're on their way out. I'm so done with that look. I hate it. Um, it's just like, oh, look, is it a way to instantly make our movie gritty and <laughs> a la The Dark Knight? Just to let you know, this is for boys. <laughs> yes. All right, let's talk about uh, Disney's Tarzan uh, because, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about today. Disney's Tarzan came out in June 1999. And I guess we should say that Disney movies are kind of uh, the exception to that rule that we're talking about. Like, Disney can keep breaking out these old uh, uh, public domain stories and they uh. still – they still work, like Tangled is Rapunzel. Well, I don't know. Like I mean, like we'll that. see when we actually start talking about we'll the Tarzan see. We'll movie. See. But yes, they've certainly, Disney has had more success mining these public oh, yeah. domains than anyone. It's because I think that they put a lot more, they're a lot looser with the story. They are. And I feel like. More production value. Yeah, yeah, these old stories are just so put into our consciousness now that they're kind of silly. Like they've oh, been yeah. parodied so often, like it's weird to try and see a serious Robin Hood movie. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's just. We just envision Robin Hood either as sort of a goofy fox or like the Mel, the Mel Brooks version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the term like Disney magic is like gross and a marketing term, but it is oh, yeah. there is something to it. There's something to it. They know what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and they've got a, a very highly paid team of people who know what they're doing. Lots so, and yeah. the, the animators in this movie did work. They they earned they their work. paycheck. They for went Tarzan. to the skate park. Yeah. yeah, Tarzan 1999. Yeah, so this film came out in uh, the summer, June 1999. It was directed by Kevin Lima and Chris Buck, and it stars Tony Goldwyn, Minnie Driver, Brian Blessed, Glenn Close, Rosie O'Donnell, and Way 
same night. And uh, Michaela did point out that for a movie set in Africa, there's not one single person of color in this entire cast, which is uh, 1999. I think that sums it up pretty well. Uh, Disney at this time, uh, they were in kind of a weird place. Uh, they're, They're coming down off their their resurgence you know like disney through the 70s and 80s were kind of struggling and then the little mermaid hit now was a huge thing and then everything they touched was massive beauty and the beast aladdin the lion king mm-hmm. pocahontas everything big 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 mm-hmm. and this one was kind of coming at the very tail end of that period mm-hmm. uh i think the one right before this was mulan uh which is kind of for my money, the last of their hand-drawn, like, real classics. And that, didn't Mulan have kind of... Was Mulan a huge hit when it came out? Or it was a decent size hit. Yeah, okay. yeah, not... Uh, but, it, but we were seeing some diminishing returns. Okay. Like, Lion King was the most profitable uh, animated film Oscars. of all time. And then it just kind of started going a little bit down the hill from there. Uh, and so this one's kind of snuggled into that weird spot. So it's right after Mulan, and I think the next movie to come out for them was Atlantis, which was kind of a bomb. Which was bomb. like a big flop. Yeah, it was a big flop for them. And then they spent most of the early 2000s doing like Treasure Planet and Brother Bear and Home on the Range, and then lots and lots of direct-to-video sequels that kind mm. of stripped any kind of feminist context from the main movies. Mm. Like Mulan 2 is all about Mulan getting married. Mm. Yeah, it's not. I wonder why they stopped. I, I wonder why they had that shift, because they had such a formula of, like, we're going to take these old fairy tales and, um, you know, public domain things, and we're going to add catchy songs mm. and high production values, and then Stop they... Working. But it didn't really if Mulan was sort of... Maybe they just ran out... But then they brought it back with Frozen. They did it again in Frozen. Well, the thing that we're getting is... That was such uh, a huge success. I think it's less a shift away from, like, public domain or fairy tale stories and more a shift in medium from hand-drawn animation to computer animation. Mm -hmm. I think that was starting to become the norm. Mm -hmm. Uh, DreamWorks was starting to do that almost exclusively. And then Pixar movies were hugely, hugely popular. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just kind of shifting away. And uh, Disney didn't have an in-house studio that could handle that kind of animation. And it was a weird yes. hybrid. Like, it was. all of these movies are weirdly computer animated and hand-drawn, and it just does not look good. They started mm-hmm. doing that with Hunchback of Notre Dame. It doesn't look consistent. And, like, it, it, you watch Hunchback of Notre Dame, and you, they have, like, three people in the crowd that have been replicated 30, 40, yeah. 50,000 times. <laughs> so it's, like, a whole crowd of just three people doing the same motions. It looks like clip art. Huh. Um, and it does look good in Tarzan, but it's, like, yeah. moments where you're like, ooh. Ooh, that looks cool. And then you go back to the boring kind of scene it before right. animation. Um, so with Tarzan, they really, really went all in. Um, what was the budget? The budget on this was $130 million in 1999. I did the uh, the uh, adjustment calendar thing for uh, the well, how much that would cost today. It's about $196 million today Damn. for a hand-drawn anime movie. That's crazy. For context, uh, Mulan, the movie right before this, only cost ninety million, and mm-hmm. The Lion King was made for only forty-five million. Wow. So more than double. Yeah, the Lion King. it's it's and was it a box crazy. office smash? It actually was. Uh, Tarzan did pretty well, uh, and a lot of it had to do with like they had a very flashy animation style with Tarzan. It was kind of a, this. Yeah, I think this is where they started synthesizing CGI and hand drawn in a way that worked. I think it works really well here. This movie looks gorgeous. It really, really does. You got it. You got the HD rental. And yeah, I was yeah. really impressed by it. if this movie had come out this year, I would have thought it looked good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. And this is 20 years old and it does not look it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the film was hugely successful. It grossed uh, $440 million. It has a score of 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Uh, Roger Eber was a big champion of it. He gave it a four-star review and praised it, said he was uh, uh, pushing oh. the medium of animation forward. Roger, my boy. No. They were yeah. all caught up in the hype. You know, um, uh, the film went on to win an Oscar for Best Original Song, uh, uh, You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins. And it was uh, up against... So, yeah, this is what we had to look up. So I only knew it was up against Blame Canada from the South Park movie. And I knew that because they spent the whole week after they lost this award making an episode uh, where they raped Phil Collins with his Oscar. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Phil Collins does not deserve. Phil Collins has been the victim of much hate through our culture. And I'm not saying I'm a fan or anything. But he doesn't. He's just he, like a he seems boring, like an affable guy. Like <laughs> I don't have. A, he's just a boring, bland dude who has found success. Like I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Deserve punishment for that. I haven't looked into him. No, I don't. Fair. I don't know. He might be a total monster. I have no idea. So uh, I apologize if that turns out to be true. But like, yeah, he he does get kind of shit on a lot. Um, I think a smart move for him would be to do like Michael Bolton and just lean into it mm-hmm. and uh, do a duet with the lonely, lonely island. Totally, yeah. kind of recreate yourself as These somebody white like boys yeah. Cheesy. Have have some sense of humor about yourself, you know. And uh, but still, I mean, all the success. Uh, this is not a movie anybody talks about, and no. I think we are in like peak. Disney nostalgia for for I mean the kids who would have grown up with this movie mm-hmm. are now old enough to mm-hmm. be nostalgic about yeah. stuff. It came out in an age where you were like, oh, I think I really loved that movie when I was a kid. But if you would go back and rewatch it, it does not hold up. I mean, yeah, people talk. I mean, people still talk about Mulan like all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, Mulan's Mulan stature holds is only great. only grown. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, time. Mulan's great. People have evaluated that and uh, correctly that it's mm-hmm. great, but nobody talks about this one anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that the le- you know I think that the leaning into Phil Collins in the movie is mm-hmm. actually a problem in the sense that his music isn't really all that much fun. Like in the Toy Story yeah. movie, you have um, Randy, Randy, Newman. Randy Newman who has like a pleasant, mm-hmm. like affable presence so where, we're gonna jaunty. talk about toys yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. whereas the phil collins music is like music. 90s adult alternative it feels like you like you said they're not it's not necessarily bad music it just doesn't seem like it fits in with this movie it's just no. inoffensive it's and like it, it doesn't read like an action movie it doesn't read like a victorian love story it doesn't <laughs> read like an adventure it just reads like Okay, this is a AT and T commercial or something. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's innocuous and it's harmless, but yeah. Uh, and and kind of back to what else it beat at the Oscars. Yeah, there was a South Park song. There was a song from Music of the Heart, and uh, the one that really offended me was uh, Amy Mann for Save Me, uh, one of my very favorite songs from Magnolia. That one lost. When Magnolia is an example of a movie that does an excellent job of building this tone <clears throat> out of the music. Oh, you know, yeah. it's so built, like, I think that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson were really closely with Amy Mann to, mm-hmm. like, get songs that matched and then sort of built scenes that kind of fit that. Whereas yeah. this, it just feels like they're like, Phil Collins, like, write, you know, write a sappy song, like, write an energetic song for mm-hmm. all the apes to play while they're mm-hmm. messing around with the, right. the human objects. Write a coming-of-age song, a yeah. training day song. Oh, yeah. I, I think I was reading an interview with the director, and uh, he made a wise choice on this by kind of deciding actively that he wanted these songs in here, but he didn't want this to be a musical. Mm -hmm. 
Like, because he said he had an image in his head of, like, a half-naked man wearing a loincloth sitting on a branch and singing. Mm-hmm. And he just thought, this is too dumb. I can't mm-hmm. do this. Honestly, so, like, I would have preferred that. I think the movie would yeah. have been more entertaining if that's the direction that they went. There might have been more of a connection. Because as you kind of pointed out, like, uh, when we were watching it, he's the Phil Collins songs were kind of narrating. So you said he's kind of like mm-hmm. the Burl Ives of this movie. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of true. He's setting the tone and he's covering some exposition but he does not cut in as like a sort of as a snowman character That'd be cool. or he's not he's what would not, be the equivalent uh, snowman character in the african rainforest a beehive man yeah, be- <laughs> he's just made of large poisonous wasps <laughs> Bees. A rubber, a rubber Bees. tree <laughs> i would love to see that actually uh yeah so um it's a bummer there are just no memorable scenes like i feel like yeah, the stuff with jane is good the stuff where he's like skateboarding down the branches is cool, but other than yeah. very nineties, very nineties, very fun, very campy. But then everything else is sort of beat by beat, predictable, and I don't know, it drags. I, I well, have yeah. never seen this movie, so I was not rooted in any kind of nostalgia. For oh, this. I guess I guess we didn't say we all sat and watched this movie. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah just we did this tonight. We did this yes. tonight. We, we watched the movie, then we yeah. played the game, yeah. like, which so, is something we try to do if we have a game based on a movie. Uh, yeah, we I guess I should have We did it for that. Rampage. Yeah. We did it for Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. This movie felt longer than those movies. And it's um, 80 minutes. It does feel really yeah. long for 80 I, minutes. I, I, did not, I did not enjoy this movie very much. There's something I, very, like, TV show about it, like Disney TV show. The I mean, comic relief characters yeah. were just duds. Yeah, this movie's just not fun. That's how I, I would describe it. I think that's the problem it. with it. The, it's I mean, the fun. villain character... Is villainous, but he's not fun in like the way yeah. Gaston or something yeah, and is what fun. Are the stakes? And then his yeah. neck gets snapped at the end. That's Spoiler alert for not a very good movie. Mm-hmm. And like it's just kind of dark and weird. And you're like, I don't think that I wouldn't be excited to have my kids watch this. And yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to watch it with them. The one source of fun for me in this one really is uh, Minnie Driver as yeah. Jane. I think she's yeah. great. She brings she's a lot good. of personality to that character. She brings color to she's, this. She's awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. people put Minnie Driver in more stuff. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think I agree, I agree with you. you. Were talking about it like how this is, it's kind of just cobbled together from other better Disney movies, mm-hmm. and it never really develops its own personality. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it has the same problem that Hunchback of Notre Dame had, in which it has a pretty serious, dark, brooding story with these comic relief characters thrown in completely inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Like, I would respect Hunchback a lot more if they just did away with those talking gargoyles entirely <laughs> yeah. and just made it, it the s- darkest fucking Disney movie yeah, out there. it would be such a better movie. It really bogs things down. That movie's fucking rough. Yeah. Oh, that's hard to watch. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, I think that's kind of where this one landed. And I think that's why, even though it was a big hit at the time, it just... Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was so factory lasted. produced. It was yeah. like, okay, we have this formula. We need to stick to it. And it worked. That's it the worked. thing is it worked. Yeah. It made a lot of money and won all the awards. So. But it, it was also kind of their jumping the shark moment because right. like, people started losing mm-hmm. interest in Disney yeah. movies after this for a long time. Um, well, and now you know that's Disney. never going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, a couple of interesting tidbits I found about this movie. Uh, Whatever happened to this so-called Disney <laughs> Corporation? Did they ever recover from the... <laughs> I don't know. I hope. I Maybe hope someone... we'll hear from them again sometime when they are all controlling our homes. <laughs> you there, sir. You're in the gutter. How may I help you? Please hand me a franchise of some kind. I can market. 
Anyway, that's Disney in the gutter. Um, we better, better keep our mouths down. They're gonna like come in. What are you guys talking about in here? Oh, sorry, sorry, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, Disney. Uh, uh, we like your movie. Anyway, uh, a couple of interesting tidbits about this one. Uh, Brendan Fraser uh, auditioned for the lead in this movie, uh, mm. but Disney and Disney liked him a lot. But they thought uh, he would be a better fit for a very similar character, George of the Jungle. Way better movie. Way better movie. Way. Although that one's also pretty hard to watch too uh, <laughs> nowadays. No. I feel like Brendan Fraser and Wayne Knight are like my mental like biggest associations with the 90s as actors like yeah in terms of people who i had this huge presence at that time and then you never heard from them again like, yeah yeah it's strange i mean yeah wayne knight has a strange career he has wayne a really interesting in, uh, career hey, blind spotting wayne knight was in blind that's right oh for, i didn't see that yet. for really no yeah. reason wayne knight is in like blind spotting he's also in hail caesar it's an odd oh cameo. shit that's right yeah. yeah he's lost a lot of weight too he looks mm-hmm. good yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, the character of Tantor that Wayne Knight wound up playing in the movie, uh, it's a giant elephant. It was originally going to be Woody Allen, mm. uh, but the studio decided they didn't want to be in bed with a guy who, uh, you know, made Ugh. ants, made yeah. ants for DreamWorks. Oh yeah, that was yeah, the worst thing Woody probably. Allen ever did. <laughs> yeah, no one cared about the pedophilia at all. Uh, also I, I was kind of noticing in this movie, like they're kind of, it's it's really good they steered away from Woody Allen because they were kind of steering into some uh, anti-Semitic stereotypes with these very nasally neurotic uh, elephants mm-hmm. that were like afraid of germs all the time. And I mm-hmm. think if you gave him Woody Allen's voice, it would be uh, yeah. getting into some tricky territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Goldwyn, who played uh, Tarzan, couldn't do the yell. He couldn't do the signature yell. That's not his yell? That is not his yell. Who it is, it's uh, Brian Blessed, who plays uh, the villain Clayton in this movie. And he's, anybody who knows Brian Blessed from, like, uh, uh, Flash Gordon and a bunch, he's Boss Nass in Star Wars Episode One. Like, he's got this amazing, huge, booming voice and this giant mouth you could park a truck in. (laughs) And he's amazing. And he's just got this awesome voice. And I... There was, uh, I think one of my favorite video clips last year was uh, somebody interviewing him on the BBC and said, if you could yell anything to Donald Trump right now, what would you do? <laughs> and so he just yells towards the direction of America. It's like, fuck you! <laughs> and gets all angry. Oh, I don't know. Using his powers for good. He's using it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if people heard him. <laughs> uh, all right, so this movie was spun off into a short-lived animated series, The Legend of Tarzan, uh, and then two direct-to-video sequels. There was Tarzan 2 and then Tarzan and Jane. I think they did a crossover episode of those Disney animated series, like the Hercules series, the Aladdin series, and like the Lion King series were on Disney Channel at the same time. Oh. So they did like an episode where they were like, whoa. I think the only one I ever watched was the, uh, uh, it was the Timon and Pumbaa show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched that one. Wait, what and... was the premise of the crossover? Like, did Aladdin like travel <laughs> through time and like get into like the, uh, the African jungle? It was and... the Avengers of our time. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanos came down and was going <laughs> to wipe out half of the. But. Obviously, the uh, the best part of this entire film franchise, and dare I say, the entire history of the character, is the rad repeating Tarzan action figure. Have you guys mm. heard of this one? No. Enlighten us. This was a uh, it was your standard action figure, uh, a shirtless uh, Tarzan with a, a opposable joints, uh, but ten points of articulation. He has a uh, a button on his back that made his right arm uh, make a stabbing motion. Uh, but with his hand positioned over ah. his crotch uh, and his uh, his kung no. fu grip positioned to grab a spear, uh, 
It didn't take people long to realize you were making Tarzan jack off for hours on end. Uh, so endless fun for all ages. Somehow this slipped by everybody at Disney and at Mattel, and wow. it made it to market. And then parents groups found this, got real upset, and Mattel pulled it from the market. Uh, it, Are they you, super rare? I found one on eBay for forty bucks. If anybody wants to buy me a present, <laughs> I really wanted jacking off Tarzan. Um, this is why I feel like every major corporation should have at least one 13-year-old boy mm, on their awesome. payroll. Because yeah. they will notice this. They're like, oh, sorry, you can't have the number 69 in there. People will laugh. You did know, you, you oh, can't. the Air Force just did like a an anniversary thing for a 69th anniversary, and all the planes spelled out 69. And the <laughs> went nuts. Oh, my God. And there was there's something else. Oh, there, there was a, a Punisher action figure from back in the 90s that would uh, – it was like a transformer and it would turn into a gun if you fold it up enough. But if you stop folding at a certain point, basically you have the Punisher with a giant gun barrel penis. <laughs> so that one was pulled Sweet. from the market as well. I love shit like that. I don't know. That's hilarious to me. So yeah, that's uh, that's the Tarzan movie. Yeah, I think we're kind of all on the same page with that one. It's just like... Just watch Mulan again. Yeah, if you want to see a real pretty looking movie. I mean, Mulan's just as pretty. Yeah. And it's more fun. I think that one nails the comic tone a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, even strong female lead. Strong female lead. Better songs. A story you haven't heard a million times. Yeah, Mulan's way better. Yeah. And if you want more boy-focused stuff, go to Hercules, 1997. Oh, yeah. That Hercules one's a, is better than Tarzan. That one's a joy. Yeah. I love that movie. I can't think of a Disney movie that I right now that I like less than Tarzan that came out in this period. Oh, God. I mean, Hunchback I probably like less. We should go watch Brother Bear now. Oh, well, Brother Bear. I didn't see Brother Bear. I didn't see a lot of those in the 2000s. I I didn't see Brother Bear Bear or Treasure Planet or Home on the Range. I'm not allowed to watch Brother Bear because it had, like, pagan adventures. Yeah. Okay. But they did come back with uh, another hand drawn anime movie, The uh, Princess and the Frog, yeah. 2009. That one's Which great. Which was fine. Oh, I like that one a lot. I would encourage you to watch uh, Treasure Planet. I think you would. Yeah, you think that one's good? Dig it. Okay. Yeah. I'll Joseph check that Gordon out. love it. It was like actually. I was, really I was getting inspired. really strong Titan AE vibes off of that, and that's a bad movie, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty bad movie. But I think, you, yeah. I think you would dig it, and it was like, it was a failure, and it was a sad failure because it was so good and yeah. had so many like creative minds behind it, and it just flopped, and then, you know. I'll check that one to... out. I'll check that one out. All right, Treasure Planet, an unqualified recommendation mm-hmm. from a good, film a, historian. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this game because uh, we're a good thirty-two minutes into this well, podcast yeah, but about again, video games. Yeah, this is this is the kind of game that even though it seems like we took a long time to talk about it, There's we're probably not, not going to have that much to say about the game itself. So, all right, Disney's Tarzan released January thirty-first, two thousand. Developed by Eurocom, published by Activision and Disney Interactive, and it was also released on PlayStation, Game Boy Color, and Windows. So this came out about. Oh. Six, eight months after the movie, I noticed that so, too. So, would I was, you think that they try to time these to come out like with, with the, the VHS? VHS I, I looked at that. Uh, the VHS came out February first, two thousand, okay. the day after this. So that, that uh, makes a lot of I sense. I thought this was a, a misstep, but I'm like, no, they timed that right. That's a mm-hmm. good. That's good marketing. Mm-hmm. They did it well. Um, so perfect Valentine's Day, the gift. perfect <laughs> Valentine's gift. I mean, it's the eve of Valentine's, and I made my <laughs> wife watch this movie. Pizza, so, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we met Eurocom most recently in our 40 Winks episode, uh, Disney Interactive last came up on our Toy Story episode, uh, Activision published the N64 version here, but the PlayStation port was handled in-house by Sony, and then Konami handled the Japanese version, where it's just called Tarzan Action Game. Tarzan Action Game. I like that better. Yeah. Um, so weirdly, Tarzan... Not to be confused with Tarzan Puzzle Game. (laughs) Tarzan Racing Game. I feel like that's just all poop flinging. (laughs) Tarzan Puzzle Game, just throw three poops in a row. Um, all you right, have to weird. match the colors. 
I mean, okay, so you have to go make him eat different fruits <laughs> yeah, to exactly. get different Colored consistency. Foods. I don't like this train of thought. I'm okay, getting off fair it. enough. Pulling off at the station. <laughs> uh, weirdly, Tarzan the character has not appeared in very many video games. I feel like uh, Tarzan-esque caricature characters yeah, are very, very common. Yeah, Pitfall uh, Harry's the Pitfall original Harry. platform hero. Even like... With the original Tarzan yell in video games. That's right. The Atari... Not yeah. copyrighted? Well, not, not when you do chiptune it. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it sounds <laughs> different It's a great enough. Atari sound effect. It, it is, It may be yeah. the greatest sound effect on the Atari. What about pole position? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry for people again. We just recovered from our intro. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, Tarzan has not appeared in very many games at all. Um, there were a couple European exclusive things on like the Spectrum ZX um, that didn't really have much to do with the character itself. It was just like... I think there was one called, like, Tarzan Goes Ape, and it's just, like, a guy fighting things in the jungle. Like, it's not necessarily Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, this Disney game is the most significant release for the character before or since. Like, unless you want to go on uh, iTunes and look for, like, there, there's about... I searched for Tarzan on iTunes, and there was about a dozen really sketchy-looking games <laughs> called, like, Tarzan something. One of them's, like, a hunting game where you kill uh, crocodiles with a gun. It seems pretty easy to make some kind of, like, infinite runner with this where you right. like, yeah. are just swinging from vine to vine. Yeah. Temple run, just adapted. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, really... that's, the, that's the fundamental thing is I just don't think that the Tarzan brand is really worth that much. It's not it's, crazy It doesn't strong. add all that much to your game aside no. from this takes place in a jungle. Which, if you're going to make that, you you know you probably want to play an Uncharted game. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, so aside from the Disney games, and there was some couple of sequels and spinoffs of this game, uh, Tarzan appeared in the first Kingdom Hearts game, and uh, that's kind of the last time we've seen him in video game form. He didn't come back for any of the sequels that I'm aware of, but I lost track of the Kingdom Hearts sequels. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the first Kingdom Hearts <laughs> game would have still been you know, close enough to the Tarzan movie that people would have cared about it, whereas if yeah. you're going to bring him in... Yeah, it's telling of the Tarzan movie that, like, as we get farther away from it, you see less and less of them in the Kingdom Hearts games. I mean, you can look at the new Kingdom Hearts game and see, like, all of your worlds are, like, there's Tangled, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Monsters Incorporated. It's, like, all Pixar or modern CG Disney. Mm -hmm. And then one random Pirates of the Caribbean level for no reason. (laughs) Um, But that one's fun, actually. Uh, Anyway, I'm playing that game right now. It's real stupid. Um, so as you might expect, if you are aware of anything in the world, this is a 2D platformer. Um, well, mostly 2D. There are a couple of 3D sequences. Well, I mean, that's going to catch you by surprise since yeah. so many games that we played for the N64 are 3D games. Which is true. I mean, yeah, this is one of only a handful of actual 2D games, uh, which is – I'm still bummed that the N64 sat that out for the most part. You know, I think it's a – I don't know. I, I, they were thinking small. And I understand what they were thinking with it because it's like you have this new technology. People want to see these 3D worlds that you can wander around in. That's the thing right now. So I, I get it. But, but like, this is this is a 2D game that looks like a 3D game, which is to me kind of the worst of both worlds. Oh. Like if I want to play a 2D game, I want it to look like something for like the Saturn, like a treasure game for the Saturn with yeah. um, these super colorful like polished um, cartoony graphics and like being able to jump um, back and forth in the foreground yeah and background, exactly like that. Yeah. something like guardian <clears throat> heroes is sure. what i want it to look like um and Tomba where, on the playstation is yes, a favorite of mine I yes love that, that game. game looks great yeah um whereas this you know it all just looks very pixelated and it's a pretty good looking game no, but it doesn't look bad. Um, it's smooth, it's, I guess. They've got some good audio clips in here, too. I mean, it looks like, like a, a lush jungle that you're in. 
Um, but yeah, it, there's not a whole lot of character in it. I mean, I wonder, do we ever leave the jungle in this game? We got four levels in. I mean, the movie never leaves the jungle, uh, except for one time where we go onto a ship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really our only other option, because this is pretty faithful to the movie. Um, you know, you start as young Tarzan, and you're going through the jungle learning, you're learning the ropes, and then, like, there's a sequence in the movie where he they dare him to go up and pull the hair out of an elephant's tail, and you have to do that in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's fairly fit. There's even a, uh, a montage where he hits puberty that we got to play through. <laughs> Although it's just like, coming of age. Oh, look, he's an adult now. Yeah. Um, this game is hard. It, That's one weird thing. Is. And it re- this game reminds me a lot of... Um, this, so a lot of the Super Nintendo and Genesis era Disney games. Um, like Aladdin, yeah. The Jungle Book. Um, this game reminded me a lot of the Jungle Book video game. Which is going to make sense. Yeah. But the main thing I remember from the, jung- the Lion King game... The main thing I remember from the Jungle Book game is I could only get to like the third level of that game. They were hard. They were definitely the, hard. The snake. I couldn't beat the snake. You had, all your your only weapon is to throw bananas. Yeah. You have to like beat a giant snake by throwing bananas at him, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. If, if Disney knew their audience was mostly young, why do you think they made their games? So that's that's my question. In like the Lion King game, I could never get past the level where he can't wait to be king, and you have to ride on an ostrich. I would always yeah. hit my head on one of the trees. But I mean, and, I also feel like that was kind of par for the course back then. Yeah. Like, but most all all NES games, like you go back and try and play them now, and they're hard as shit. Yeah, but I don't know why this game is so difficult. Maybe I think it's because they felt self conscious about having a two D game, and they were worried that people were going to blaze through it too quickly and feel like there wasn't enough content here. Mm-hmm. So they made things a little harder than they should. Yeah, there's very yeah. difficult vine swinging. Yeah, some long jumps, and the control in this game is not that good either. Like, Tarzan yeah. seems to slide a little bit, kind of like he's on ice. And the, yeah. And there's a very slight lag in your jump. I And I feel like the difficulty for me was largely coming from camera angles and things like that. Like, well, that's another thing that's very irritating about this game. Is what, one of the advantages of having these 2D platformers is you can see everything that's going on at the screen at once. Whereas yeah. the 3D, what you're sacrificing is, you know, we've had to deal with bad camera in so many sure, of these games yeah. you're like oh a 2d game this will be a release from the bad camera but this does sort of a mm. weird two and a half d thing yeah where sometime you know you the branches that you're walking will go in and out of the screen sure. or you'll walk around corners it's a cool effect like it yeah. looks cool but what happens is then the camera's kind of moving and following and zooming in on tarzan and sometimes you get really close to you and then an enemy will just walk in the screen and whack you yeah and i think the camera's very tight on Tarzan the whole time and it's kind of coming from like an it's overhead and tilted like it's an overhead canted angle looking down on you so you can see like the ground that you're walking on I don't know if that makes sense it's it's not like an isometric view or anything like that but it's like at one point like his his friend comes out and comes across the screen down toward you right yeah there's a lot of things that enter from the background and like leave and the the problem that that creates is that you're making a lot of blind leaps in this game like Mm -hmm. you're uh you're just kind of trusting it's like okay i've exhausted all my other options there's Mm -hmm. no choice but for me to jump off this branch Mm -hmm. and it's either going to be an endless void or a banana (laughs) yeah which is or skydiving into the water yeah sometimes you're supposed to fall which is very annoying because the game has a lot of emphasis as it should on like a vertical running along branches and things like that but then you can't tell if there's stuff under you yeah yeah exactly paper mario is another 2d yeah 2d 3d game for the yeah and that one's not a platformer that one nails it yeah Yeah, that one absolutely nails it i can't wait to talk about that game that's gonna be amazing Um, anyway um yeah the other thing that's weird about this game is you're just fighting i mean 
that's the thing about the Tarzan movie is there's not really that much conflict in the movie. The villains sort of get introduced very late as the villain. I mean, he's clearly the villain from the get-go, yeah, but, he but he doesn't, he doesn't start actually acting have villainous. conflict until yeah. the last, you know, 20 minutes of the movie. Nobody with that thin of a mustache is trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in this game, so you're just kind of having to fight animals? Which is just kind yeah. of feels weird. It feels little weird. baby kittens. You yeah. are a child with a sharpened piece of rock and a lot of fruit, and you are murdering lemurs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or just running back and forth. They're not actively trying to fight you. Nothing's attacking you, except just, I think the boar attacks you, and sometimes they'll start, some of the monkeys will start throwing stuff at you, but yeah. most of the time they are. They're just walking back and forth on a log, and you're coming up, white imperialist, and stabbing <laughs> these things to death and taking their land. Um, so it's. Yeah, it feels a little weird, Nikki. And I mean, I wish they made like grosser animals or something you could kill. That actually just... felt like Bella. And then there's some animals that are your friends. And like the point mm-hmm. is, you want to jump on their back and you'll bounce high and you can get more power up. Yeah. Tar- like Tarzan coins. Yeah. Tarzan <laughs> bucks that you can trade in later. T bucks, exactly. Oh, yeah. So they're, uh, because it's a platformer, there have to be a couple of little collectibles here. So there's uh, uh, six letters that spell out Tarzan. If you get all that, you are blessed with a low-resolution <laughs> shot of, from the movie. A still. <laughs> a a still. picture from the movie. Yes, that does not look great. It's kind of <laughs> washed out, and uh, it's usually behind some other text saying, you found a still from the movie. Yeah, um, this game really wants you to, they give you like a completion percentage at the end of each level, and you feel like they really want you to go back and up that completion oh, percentage, yeah. but there's eh, a, you don't really want to. Not necessarily. There, there's a variety of fruit that you can pick up that you use as a weapon and they have they have different properties like you have a green melon thing that's like infinite that you can keep using forever and then there are other ones like the the red one will explode into smaller pieces it's your cluster grenade and the blue one will just like clear out anything in your way um i don't know it doesn't feel entirely necessary to have these different kinds of fruit i guess it's well the enemies there. don't act in any sort of interesting pattern it's no not of, really it's kind of a hodgepodge of stuff to collect and yeah. then you're uh, you're collecting four pieces of uh, a sketch you know in the movie she does a sketch of uh, or jane does a sketch of the little baby baboon and then gets chased and attacked by it mm-hmm. uh, but you're looking for the four pieces of that sketch and when you do that you unlock a little mini game at the end of the level which is i think very indicative of disney games of this caliber like i feel like that's something that you and always the, do the mini games are actually kind of cool like one you're riding a little lily pad and picking stuff up and the other yeah. one you're riding on an ostrich and they have nice sort of 3d effects mm-hmm. i wish that there were sort of more levels that were based around that stuff. Like yeah. there's a level where all these elephants are stampeding after you and you're running towards the That's foreground. That's fun. Yeah. Which it, it, it yeah. looks cool yeah. and it's it much more it up. Yeah, it's much more exciting than just the platforming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives the game much more identity. This game, I mean, like the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. Is missing... This game is based on a very bland movie and by extension, it's a very bland game. It is. Um, yeah, I really wanted to like it more. I really hoped. I don't know because I, I like these little Disney 2D platformers. And uh, I played this a little bit before and I enjoyed it. And then I'm playing it again and I'm just like, yeah, this is just kind of a snooze. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's like difficult without being challenging, Mm -hmm. I guess is the way like a lot, because a lot of your deaths are just going to be because you missed time to jump or you you didn't know know what you were jumping into. We got wrecked by this little frog. (laughs) We're just standing here and a frog is bouncing back and forth. We can't jump over it. We can't hit it with our uh, fruit because it keeps going over its head. And then finally you have to stab it with your knife with it, which has just a ridiculously small like range. 
You know, it's just like... Eh, That's eh. one of my least favorite things in games in general, is they need to think about these enemies in games and think about what actually damages you. Because yeah. I remember this was a, tro- a weird thing in a lot of early games, is like, there would be water droplets. Like, you'd be a cave level, and like, water would drip from the ceiling, and then it would hurt you if it hit you. And I'm like, what is this? Why am I playing a Star Wars game where water from the cave is hurting me? I mean, it's, to be fair, I think I've seen something about, like, a documentary about how sometimes, like, stalactites will, like, leach toxic minerals, like, uh, strychnine or something like that. It'll leach that into the water, and then that'll drop on you. So no, I'm it's not, based I'm not on something. that complaint. It's based on it's something. Same deal. If I'm going to play as Tarzan and this tiny frog jumps, you know, hurts me, that's not a fun way to take damage. I agree. I agree. No, I, 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 I agree with that. Yeah. I, um... It's it's weird. It's surprising that this game is not very good because I would say that most of Disney brand platformers range from good to very good. Like the Aladdin platformers games for both the the Super Nintendo and the Genesis are both excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, The Disney we we played Toy Story two not too long ago. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the Mickey games um, Mm -hmm. again are are great as well. I I would. I wouldn't go so far to say that this is a bad game, or it's not inept. It's not. Um, I feel like this game is sort of the very bottom level, or like one click above a bad game. It's about as close probably. as you can be to being a bad game. I think it's more just kind of bad. like a nothing game. Like it's just, I don't think this is going to leave much of an impact at all. I don't know. Uh, I may kind of forget that we played it after a little bit. I just like I forgot that I'd seen this movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And do you guys have any other last thoughts on this one? A forgettable game for a forgettable movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a sequel to this game, weirdly enough, Tarzan Untamed, uh, which was a, lar- a launch title for the GameCube in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do don't... you actually get to swing? Like I don't know. I, in the way that... I, I, I didn't play it. The, the cover art is him in a large banana leaf uh, going down some whitewater rapids. Mm. Oh, so, it's, it's worth noting, too. This game does have the sort of where you're surfing on the tree branch. It has a couple oh, yeah. sections mm-hmm. of that, which is actually kind of cool because you can lean to either side to avoid obstacles mm-hmm. or yeah. get items. I'm playing through a Ratchet & Clank game right now, and they have the same thing where you yeah. slide on these rails. I like it's those It's much a lot. better in Ratchet & Clank because the camera is much better. It moves at a more agreeable speed. Where just like the rest of the game in Tarzan, like random stuff comes up and hits you, and it's hard to be prepared for. And the camera's moving a bunch. Oh, they definitely put too much emphasis on making this game cinematic. Yeah, and it. We should just shift gears and make this a Ratchet and Clank oh, podcast. Man, I, I love, love those. those games I love those so games. Fun. All of them are great. Um, yeah. So I mean, other than that, there was a Game Boy Advance uh, game based on the TV show, but that's been it for Tarzan and games. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of it for the series, and I, I don't think crazy. anybody. Yeah, I mean, the last Tarzan movie that came out kind of bombed, uh, so I don't think we're going to be seeing him for probably another decade or so, but it'll be back. Yeah, you can't keep a, the whole the affordable whole, property down. The whole premise of Tarzan is just feels pretty dated at this time. As, and so, he, culturally he insensitive? So, yeah, he was yeah. so ba- I think his appeal was so based on, like, he's like this cold, you know, a white man in this exotic land, mm. and now that trope just does not really play anymore. No, no, not so much. And, uh, I don't know. The the whole, like, rugged outdoorsman thing has never appealed to me, hence why I have a Nintendo 64 podcast. <laughs> like, you know, it's just not, it's never been my thing. Um, well, let's move on to our rankings of this game. Uh, each week we are adding to our ongoing list of games we have played. We're up to, as of last week, 115. We just finished playing four NFL Blitz games. Uh, what wonderful, you... wonderful NFL Blitz games. <laughs> why don't you kick us off? Uh, where, where's uh, Tarzan going for you? Uh, 
I'm assuming you were talking to me. I was. Um, yes, okay. Um, I'm putting this at number 71 on my list. Number 71. Um, which That's is low. right above Quest 64, Oof. which I feel like is they're, they're very much in the same vein of a game that fulfills all the basic requirements of qualifying as a game, but isn't really any fun. Yeah. Um, and so I would not be very... I would rather play... You know, there's a lot of games I would rather play than this. And... I'm yeah. kind of thinking along the same lines. I feel like this might be our line of demarcation for like when games like stop being mediocre and start being bad. Yes. Like I feel below Tarzan is kind of when they start getting bad. Yeah, and that used to be Quest uh, for me. That used to be but... Quest for yeah. I think for me this is gonna go um, underneath Cruisin' World uh, number okay. sixty one. So that's just just underneath uh, Cruisin' World, right above uh, Wipeout sixty four. My apologies to uh, Ollie because <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, I think I think that's kind of when things start going wrong for the N sixty four. Is below that point. Michaela, yeah. do you like this game more or less than Toy Story two? Believe it or not, I think I like this game more than Toy Story two. Wow! Thinking, about, thinking back to Toy Story two, I remember not having a great time playing it because the controls were so clunky. And with That's this fair. one, I don't know. Also, I just have no memory of like what the Toy Story two game was even like because it was such <laughs> it was a mess. it was more varied than this one. Like well, it was you, a, you got it was a lot a 3D more. Game. Yeah, you got there was a you lot like more to yeah, do. Yeah, I remember running around the house and like collecting stuff. But I feel like with platformers, you're like, okay, I have a goal. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm yeah. running toward the thing. Like, that's easier for me, but I'm putting it below the Lizzie McGuire game for the Game Boy Advance. Lizzie Ooh. McGuire to go. Still the top of your list. Oh, Still yeah. the top Lizzie one. McGuire game. Of all <laughs> other games fall below that Lizzie McGuire game. It's not even McGuire an N64 game. game so. Yeah. Too bad we won't be talking about it. Maybe on our Ratchet and Clank podcast. Yeah. And we'll do no, Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, Clank slash Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> we already found the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just rolls off the tongue. Ratchet and Lizzie. Yes. <laughs> or McGuire and Clank. There you go. I like that one. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are Ultra 64. You can find us at ultra64podcast.com. And we use that name on pretty much everything else. Twitter, email, whatever you want to do with stuff. Uh, send us letters. We like put, put letters. Put it on Etch-A-Sketch. Put it on Etch-A-Sketch. Sketch. Type in Ultra 64 on your Etch a Sketch and send us a picture because it's hard to write stuff on Etch a Sketch. I could never do it. Yeah, impressed. yeah. Some people can do impressive stuff with that. Or if you have a light bright, you can do that. <laughs> That's electric, so it's more, you know, podcasty. Exactly. Um, next week, we've got a, another fun big game to play that'll uh, hopefully kind of get us a little more energized than Tarzan did. Uh, we're revisiting an old friend who's uh, kind of gotten his life together. He's gone back to medical school. He's made something of himself. That's right. We're playing Dr. Mario. Uh, uh, beloved uh, puzzle game starring beloved Italian man. Prescription, uh, prescription drug propaganda game. Yeah. <laughs> Mario. Shill for Big Pharma. Mario, Mario. Uh, doctor in quotation marks. I think he's about as much a doctor as Dr. Nick Riviera. Um, he's Dr. Got Pepper. A little coat on he went to the Hollywood upstairs medical college. Too. <laughs> anyway, everybody, tune in for that next week. Dr. Mario, gonna be fun. All right, we will uh, swing on out of here on this vine that I conveniently have hanging from my... Ro- oh, ah. shit, there's a hole in my ceiling. Yeah. Vines are growing in. Ah. I need to call something. Oh, God, they're reacting to our fear. Ow. No, Michaela's dead. It's no, she's still alive. Again. Oh, no. <laughs> now she's dead. All right, bye, everybody. <laughs> Stop.